everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Awaken Together podcast. This is Kat, and it's just me today. <laughs> I'm not joined by Jen today because we are talking all about holistic health, um, and I'm going to really miss all of her amazing tips and shares, um, but we felt that today, since there's so much content that I have to share being a holistic health coach, I would just kick it all off. So, what I'm going to cover with you all today, uh, we're going to talk about how to improve your, your relationship with your body through non-diet conforming nutrition tips, healthy pantry makeover, and a lot of other goodness that I share with my one-on-one -on -one clients and health coaching. I hope you're excited. I know I am. I'm super passionate about it. And just to kind of like lay some groundwork here, we're not going to be talking about the ideal balance of carbohydrates versus fats. Restriction is not in my wheelhouse ever. I know how it feels to listen to someone preach to you about a golden prescribed diet that's gluten-free, dairy-free, egg-free. It's like everything free, what actually is it, right? <laughs> um, so today we're going to be exploring a space of expansion rather than contraction in restricted energies as it relates to food. No preachy diets here. Um, my, my style, my way of being as a health coach and just in life is eating disorder informed because I come from that, uh, lived experience myself. And it's really important to me that, um, that's what I'm sharing. And those are oftentimes the people that I work with helping people move from all or nothing mentality to a place of ease and flow. That's what gets me really fired up. And that's why I do what I do. Um, it's coming from this place of healing those negative um, relationships and body image and really what we're, we're taught as women um, from a young age of how to view our bodies and uh, how to feed ourselves. Um, so healing and bio-individuality bio is uh, the undertones of what you can expect today. If you've never heard this term, bio-individuality, um, it's something that I learned through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is um, the place that I received my holistic health coaching certification from. And uh, just a little side note on that, if you have any questions about IIN or becoming a health coach, I'm more than happy to share my experience both with them and with what I do. Um, just reach out to me on Instagram at Kat Katarina O. Erickson after this, and I'm always happy to connect with you. I also have a coupon code for a couple hundred dollars off. So if you are curious to become a health coach yourself for either personal development or to um, start the entrepreneurial lifestyle, uh, definitely happy to share more with you on that. So bio-individuality, it's this whole premise that no two people are the same right? Um, and that's at a biological level and um, in our lives. So no two bodies um, will be eating the same exact things. We will not be processing things the same exact way. So that's why uh, everyone should be treated as an individual with no one-size-fits-all plan. I want to start by talking with you all about primary food versus secondary food. This is one of the first concepts that I learned in my health coaching program, and I think it's so practical and it makes so much sense, too much sense not to share really. So to start with primary food, it's more than just what's on your plate. You might be thinking, I thought there was just one type of food and you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but I think that thinking about things that feed you holistically just paint the picture really, really well. 
your healthy relationships, physical practice. So whether it's like yoga, movement, running, a fulfilling career that you actually like, a spiritual practice that can fill your soul and satisfy your hunger for life. That's what I'm talking about when I mention primary food. And when primary food is balanced and satiating, your life feeds you, making what you actually eat secondary. So thinking about this in some forms of examples, think back to a time when you were super in love. I think about Buddy the Elf <laughs> and uh, that movie, it's just my favorite Christmas movie. And I can just hear him saying, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. That act of just like preaching at the top of your lungs because uh, you don't care. You're just acting a fool because you're so full of love. Uh, you forget about food. You're high on life. Colors are more vibrant. You're thinking about this person person, um, you're floating on air, gazing into each other's eyes, that whole energy. Now, another time, thinking back a little bit further, back to when you were a kid, back to when you were playing outside, maybe in the grass, having some fun with your friends, and your mom suddenly announces that dinner is ready, but you're not really hungry because the passion of play takes all of your attention, and you're super focused, and you just want to add one more Lego to the pile, or um, finish the conversation that you're having with your dolls, or anything like that. So it's basically talking about how we're fed, not just by food, but by the energy in our lives. And these moments and feelings demonstrate that everything in our life is in fact food. And personally, speaking from experience, I've had experience in my life where I was emotionally eating, where um, I would just like binge on something um, really yummy and I'd be thinking about it all day. And just that was my excitement of having the thing, eating it and just feeling like satiated. And then came feelings of guilt and it was like super toxic. Um... I know that I'm not the only one talking about this too. So maybe you've, you've experienced that as well. I've also had the converse where um, I felt like I had no control in my life. And so I, I turned to control the one thing that I felt like I could, which was my food. And so we've all been there, whether it's one extreme to the next, I feel it, it's like rare for me to come across somebody who's never had some form of disordered eating, whether it was a full blown eating disorder or just like toxic feelings and thoughts towards foods from time to time. And it's really, uh, thinking back on it, those were times of heightened stress, right? Or times where our lives weren't meeting our emotional needs at a core level. So I know that sometimes it can be difficult to understand like which areas of life are feeling out of balance because we're so zoomed in that zooming out can feel a little overwhelming. So I have a resource to share that I love to come back to on a personal basis every so often. And it's something that I um, have my clients do in health coaching like never fails. <laughs> Even if we're in a three-month program, six-month program, um, I bring this to my yoga teacher trainings and my holistic health coaching portion. So it's a really great resource. You can go to the website. It's www.integrativenutrition.com slash circle dash of dash life. Or if you literally just Google IIN circle of life, this will come up. 
And basically it's an exercise for better understanding your unique needs and how to find balance when you're feeling stuck. Bring some self-awareness to those areas um, where you could use some more nourishment and attention and so that you can like continue to take care of yourself, mind, body, spirit. Some of the categories on this um, circle of life are creativity, finances, career, education, health, physical activity, home cooking, home environment, relationships, social life, joy, and spirituality. So there's a lot to it. Um, I think some things get really overseen or not even thought of, like creativity is one that with certain people... Like, oh, I hadn't even thought about my creativity feeding me, whereas other people are like, oh my god, yeah, that's the most important thing to me is my creativity. And I think it's also one of those things that uh, we kind of need to think outside the box for because um, creativity is so much more than just painting, right? Or drawing or coloring. Uh, creative problem solving is another way. For me, I fuel my creativity box in my circle of life by um, my yoga practice and creating sequences that are creative and fun and go outside the box. And maybe it's something that I'd never experienced before in a class. So that's where I fill that box. So that's just one example of how you can think of this. And the um, resource online kind of guides you how to complete this exercise yourself by placing a dot on the line, you hit a button, and then it connects all the dots. And so you can see like where is really lacking and where is really full and how you want to allocate that energy. Because as amazing as it would be to fill every area of your life, I think that's a little bit unrealistic of a goal for us to set for ourselves. I think what's most important is to prioritize which areas of your life are most important to you and how you can make incremental differences in those categories. Knowing that we only have so much time in our lives, one of my favorite quotes, you can do it all, just not at the same time. Um, so if you're working on improving your finances, that might mean that you're going to be taking away from your social life. Let's say if you need to get a little side hustle to improve um, and meet some of your financial goals, you might not be hanging out with friends going out to eat quite as much because those goals would be conflicting each other. So any questions on you? Uh, on that that you have just please let me know I love this and again I come back to it quarterly so like three times a year um secondary foods let's talk about food now the actual stuff that you do put on your plate probably more um aware of this right off the bat this is your veggies your fruits protein whole grains fats oils and water the plate on which you place the food on, that's like the visual that you can imagine as a primary food. Secondary food is the actual nooks and crannies on the plate. I like to um, introduce a concept pretty early on in health coaching called crowding out. So again, it's going back to that idea of expansion rather than restriction. If you're finding that when you're taking a, a look at your plate, you've made a delicious meal and there's a uh, half of your plate is like grains, um, pasta, carbs, you know, we need that. We need all of that. Um, and then the other half is veggies. Basically what we want is more than half of that plate to be veggies, fruits, um, 
whole fresh produce that are unprocessed, ideally organic, so that we're not getting the pesticides and all of that fun stuff um, that just makes its way into our food. Um, and so it's rather than thinking of like, I need to cut down on the grains, the, the fats, the proteins, it's thinking about amplifying. So you have no limit on all of the good stuff. And ideally, when you're filling yourself up with, I like to say high vibe foods, then the low vibe foods are going to be just becoming less and less and less. And you're going to be kind of like tricking your mind in a way of um, just eating more, eating more of the good stuff so that you're filling yourself up. You're going to be feeling better and your skin's going to thank you all the good things. Going back to that idea of like high vibe food versus low vibe food. This is something that I've introduced to myself in my own healing journey with food because I don't really like to think of things as healthy or unhealthy because what that automatically equates to is good versus bad. And yeah, we've been taught from a really young age that there are bad foods that we should not be eating. I'm sure you're already imagining some foods coming to mind. I remember reading a book that explicitly said sugar is the devil. But that, that's problematic, right? Um, because when we're saying that sugar is the devil, that's a blanket statement. That's not saying like, oh, what about fruit, right? That's a really common question that you might have come right away. There's so many natural uh, sugars and fruits, and I will never tell anybody not to eat fruit because there's sugar in it. I think if you're finding a diet that says that, I say run in the other direction because that's total bullshit. And any any diet that says not to eat any sort of fruits or vegetables, like bananas, I remember hearing, you should limit. Like, no, I have a banana every freaking day and I feel great. Um, so just steer clear of any of that. Um, fruits and veggies, we should not be limiting ourselves to at all. The more that we eat, the better. I don't care. <laughs> and... About going back to bio-individuality, you're going to know which fruits and veggies do really well and which don't feel as good for you. That's where the high-vibe foods and the low-vibe foods come in. High-vibe, you can think of as like, this is what makes you feel good. This is what gives you energy in your body, in your mind. The low-vibe food are foods that cause some brain fog, that make you feel a bit sluggish, that... Waking up in the morning, you feel just kind of like, ugh, you don't want to get out of bed, maybe because you had something really heavy the day before. So rather than thinking about good and bad, let's expand our minds a little bit more and think of it um, in any way that serves you. Maybe it's not high vibe, low vibe, but just think about that. I really encourage you to have those intentional check-ins with yourself. Cool. Next topic I want to cover with you all is food labels. Now, who when they hear food labels um, or looking at nutritional facts uh, brings a wave of anxiety or toxic feelings, right? Um, for me or anybody with a history of disordered eating, step one of healing was getting away from that. Now, I want to introduce something that has been a game changer for me that I talk about in every single healthy pantry makeover that I do, and it's looking at just the ingredients. So I'm going to go over a couple notes that I have here um, with the Healthy Pantry Makeover that has been really instrumental for my clients, for me, and I hope it's helpful for you too. So think first, it's getting clear what you're hoping to take away. 
what in your kitchen are you like questioning that mm, I don't know if this is good for me or not and like why so what are you hoping to take away is it a sense of ease is it new ideas for cooking um, new ideas to have just on stock at home Taking a couple things out of your pantry um, and starting from there, I think, is the best way to do it. I like to start with whole grains. So taking a look at what whole grains you have. A lot of people have like pastas, rices, all that good stuff. Um, and with those, those are great to have. I always just like to think about ways that we can be getting away from processed carbs. So the ingredients on these labels are going to be pretty simple, at least we'd hope. It should just say something like whole wheat pasta, right? Or brown rice. If there's anything else, any fillers or additives, just pay attention to that. And maybe next time you go with something with fewer ingredients or just one. Alternatives for pastas that are less processed. They have great lentil process uh, lentil pastas now. Um, I think Bonza is one of my favorite brands. They also have at Trader Joe's a quinoa brown rice pasta that's delicious. Going for another option like quinoa, spelt, barley, bulgur, uh, brown rice, amaranth, wheat berries, all of these options, even like rolled oats. These are great ideas of these fiber-rich whole grains um, that you can stock in your pantry. They're antioxidant-rich vitamin E, um, always good to add to your daily routine. Now, rather than having flour for baking, um, maybe that is something you have. Maybe you love to bake and that's something that you have. Um, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with that. I think that if you're experiencing any discomfort in your belly after eating baked goods, then that's when you might want to look into alternatives. Some great alternatives are coconut flour almond meal. Those are gluten-free options um, and might just feel have you feeling a little bit different. I'm just a big proponent of balance. So sometimes I'll cook with whole wheat flour, sometimes I'll switch it up just in the name of getting different nutrients from different areas. Next up are nuts and seeds. Instead of some salty fried snacks with empty calories and tons of fat, I like to opt in for really high vibe foods that are just straight to the source goodness. So rye or uh, raw or dry roasted nuts like almonds, peanuts, cashews, and walnuts make me feel really, really good. Even like a trail mix. Um, I, in my morning breakfast, I add hemp seeds and flax seeds on top of like a monkey bread. I'll call it monkey toast, actually. So like a piece of whole grain bread with some peanut butter, some sliced banana, hemp seeds, flax seeds, some cinnamon. It's literally my favorite thing. Sesame seeds are also great for Asian uh, stir fries too. And a little hint with your nut butters, make sure you're reading the label for just one ingredient and that it's just like dry roasted peanuts or dry roasted almonds or something like that. If there's salt added, cool. We want to be getting away from palm oils because those, um, that's a high anti, that's a high inflammatory oil and it's also harvested in a way that's not sustainable for the environment the more you know, right? So there are also other oils that I would recommend um, for different styles of cooking. There are healthy oils like peanut, olive, sunflower, even canola and sesame. They're high in heart healthy monounsaturated fats and those in sunflower, soybean, sesame are high in 
healthy polyunsaturated fats. I know a little bit of the nerdy stuff. <laughs> the, the reasons that you want to switch up your oils and have a couple different ones on hand. Um, I like to say that olive oil, it's like a cold pressed oil. This has a low burning point. And so you want to use this for like maybe a, a salad dressing where you're not cooking it at all or cooking at low temps. Now the higher um, burning temp oils, uh, these are avocado oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, and coconut oil, for example, even sesame oil. These, you don't have to really worry about the burning point quite as much. You can fry in these if you want. You can saute. Um, Kyle makes an awesome stir fry with sesame oil. So just to give you an idea, um, with the burning points, the reason that we care about this, the reason that this matters is that when we burn oil, it turns into a carcinogen and we want to steer clear of those, right? <laughs> okay, next up, beans. I love beans personally. They're high in protein, high in fiber. Canned is really just going to be the easiest and it's a time saver. So that's why I use them. I mean, if you want to go with beans that are uncanned, good for you. It just takes a little bit longer to cook. Um, those are probably a heart healthier option and what my nutrition school would recommend, but I love canned beans, so I'm going to recommend those too. They can be high in sodium. Um, so reducing those are just like going for the reduced sodium option or just giving your beans a little rinse is perfect. Chickpeas, black beans, lentils, they're all super good for us and go really great in salads, um, soups, stews, rices, um, or even just in like a bean salad with some seasonings. So yum. And to talk about seasonings, I think this is an area where we don't really think about the health benefits, but there are so many. Adding, uh, we all need salt, preferably ionized or sea salt um, to flavor our foods. And we need that in order to um, keep us hydrated. When we sweat, we, we release a lot of that. Pepper is really good for us too. It's delicious. Adds a little bit more depth and flavoring to foods. Granulated garlic or even any kind of garlic. It's so good. It's an antifungal. I remember learning that Tom Brady would eat so much garlic to prevent colds. And I'm like, done. You know me. I'm a New England gal. So <laughs> anything Brady's doing, great. I might not have some people who uh, agree with that <laughs> listening to this, but oh well. <laughs> Cinnamon, I probably eat every day. I put a little bit in my coffee. It's a warming spice. It's also antifungal and has antioxidant properties. If you're a cheese lover and are looking to cut down on your dairy consumption, whether it's because it's something that doesn't make you feel super good or you're just trying to cut down on dairy for environmental reasons or whatever reason have you, nutritional yeast is such a great substitute. You can use it just as you would um, parm, like, um, what's it called? Yeah, just like Parmesan cheese and a shaker. Um, I put it on eggs. I put it on pasta. Yeah, anything that you want, like a cheesy flavor. You can also make a really delicious vegan nacho cheese at home with the help of nutritional yeast and some veggies. Cumin's great for chilies, great in crock pot. Yeah, I could go on and on and on, but I'll start with that. Okay, soda. Soda, I feel like everybody knows isn't good for us, but um, yeah, I'm just going to talk about it here because it's worth mentioning. Swapping out soda and other sugary sweetened beverages for sparkling water, seltzer, or even just water <laughs> uh, with some lemon in it, um, you can save so much just like 
damage to your teeth. Um, ADHD is really triggered by having um, extra sugar in your diet. So you can really feel a difference in that too. Um, dairy, you'd be shocked by how many low calorie yogurts use artificial sweeteners. Uh, just to keep the calories down. My vote is plain Greek yogurt because it doesn't have any sweeteners, artificial or otherwise, and it's actually higher in protein. You can sweeten this naturally by yourself at home with some fresh fruit or a drizzle of honey. One of my favorite um, Greek desserts or Greek breakfasts that I had when I was there, whenever I visit, plain good quality Greek yogurt, a drizzle of honey, and some roasted almonds. Oh my God. It's so freaking good. That with like a little side of fruit, like some pineapple or blueberries and oh, it's so yummy. So good. Moving over to eggs. Um, if you're eating eggs, just look for free range. That's ideal. If that's too expensive or they don't have any organic just on its own is good too. I eat a lot of eggs. So I take the extra time and money to invest in my eggs because I don't eat meat. But talking about meat, buying produce um, in season, uh, local, uh, I mean, meat isn't really in season or out, but local and organic, antibiotic free, it's just going to ensure that you're putting the right, the best stuff in your body. We want to be moving away from chemicals, anything that's linked with cancers um, or just like any sort of like autoimmune disorders, like all of these things matter. What we put into us, we become. Eating with the seasons also helps us, now thinking about like veggies and fruits, helps us get in a wide variety of fruits and veggies throughout the year. And a really easy, simple tip is to eat the rainbow. And the reason I say this is because your red fruits and veggies are going to have different nutrients and minerals and vitamins than your greens, than your blues, than your purples. So some ideas to get you started, raspberries, strawberries, tomatoes for your reds, orange, obviously oranges, carrots, peppers, yellows. I love bananas, onions, squash, apples. Green is king when we're talking about fruits and veggies. They just have like the healthiest, the most dynamic nutrition. So kale, spinach, romaine lettuce. Um, there's really not many nutrients in iceberg lettuce. Maybe you've heard that before. Little nutritional value. So that's why I said the other ones first. Avocado, broccoli, um, leafy greens, dark leafy greens. It's king. <laughs> Uh, thinking about blue, obviously blueberries, blackberries, even blue corn has the nutrients of the blues. And violet, we think about beets, eggplants, and plums. So moving into your fridge a little bit, any condiments, they can add really just like globs of fat and sodium into your day. And there's really nothing wrong with a bit of mayo um, or like regular soy sauce, ketchup on occasion, but for daily use, get more nutrients. You can spread some hummus on sandwiches. You can get creative on even like a plant-based mayo. Sometimes there's more nutrients in there, but sometimes not. Being sure to check the ingredients. Um, also thinking about like frozen entrees, just take a look at the sodium content. Um, sometimes it's flooded with tons and tons of salt. That's how uh, the frozen meals stay tasting so good for a long period of time. Um, yeah, so just if you're concerned about sodium, check it out. But honestly, I don't like obsessing over this sort of stuff. So fresh is best. Frozen, I do like to 
make it an active self-care to get a couple frozen entrees that I can bring to work with me for lunch on the times where life has gotten crazy and I wasn't able to meal prep like a couple fresh lunches. So know that that's a good option for you too and don't feel any shame about that. Looking out for yourself and planning in advance is an act of self-care and self-love. So I'm going to wrap up the healthy pantry portion with six simple steps to give your pantry a healthy makeover. Aside from everything we talked about, ingredients are key. They tell a story about your food. And if your ingredient list is super long, filled with ingredients that you can't even pronounce, that you don't even know what the heck they are, just give it some second thought right? Um, I'm not saying to toss it. I'm not saying to not buy it, but I'm saying to really compare your options when you're food shopping and saying like, oh, well, this option has ingredients that I actually understand and it looks just as yummy. Like that extra set of intention, extra moment um, will have your body feeling so, so much better. And it's just an active, um, it sends your body the message that you care about what you're putting into it so that you actually care about your body. And it's just like, ugh. It just changes the whole energetics behind it, right? Next up, thinking about sugar. If any of your um, ingredients listed contain artificial sweeteners from aspartame, like an equal, or sucralose, like in Splenda, I would recommend either tossing it or just like using it in real, real small limits. And then when it comes time to replace that, look into something else. If sugar is the fifth ingredient... Um, or like fourth or third or first, and it's not something that is supposed to be sweet, I would recommend looking into another option. Um, And that's simply because sugar has a sneaky way of getting into virtually most foods in our pantries. Um, Even like like tomato sauce, right? Um, That's a really common ingredient in that, but it's fine if it's in it, but we don't want it to be like the second ingredient. And let me back up a little bit. The order in which the ingredients are listed in a food label matter. The first ingredient listed is going to be what that food contains the most of. Um, And it just kind of decreases as you go down the line. Some foods will say like contains 2% or less of XYZ. And those, you, you know, you don't necessarily need to worry about unless they're like red number five. We want to steer clear of any food dyes. And that's tip number four. (laughs) Also just avoiding refined sugars like table sugar. Um, We don't really need that. So in your coffee, if you can have like um, even like a dash of maple syrup, I would recommend over table sugar because the level of which it's been processed is less and it comes from a treat. Same with honey. Low fat. I mentioned this in another episode a while ago, but this is a sneaky way that the diet industry likes to label things and make you, trick you into thinking that it's healthy and that it's good for you. Oftentimes, it just means that the fat has been replaced with sugar. So stick to buying whole foods. I would recommend buying a full fat Greek yogurt over um, a low fat one that has just been replaced with fake sugar. So Bottom line with this healthy pantry makeover is that ingredients matter and sugar is sneaky AF. We don't want artificial dyes and it's an act of self-love to look at what you're actually eating and making sure that it feels good in your body. 
So I know we talked about a lot today. I covered a lot of topics, but I want to leave you with a little underlying message and it's that you know your body better than anyone, better than any doctor, okay? If when even thinking about a certain food makes you feel sick, that means a closer look at that food is worth it. Um, It might be because you have an allergy or an intolerance to it. Like that feeling that you get in your gut when thinking about something, it matters. So don't just think it's my silly little mind playing tricks on me. Like, no, give yourself some more credit. Your intuition knows. It could also not necessarily be because you have an allergy or an intolerance, but maybe you might be experiencing some sort of gut dysbiosis and your body is reacting to certain foods or even food groups in a way that it might not normally, but it could be a matter of getting your gut health in check. Probiotics are your friend. (laughs) Unprocessed, getting our stress in order. So I know that's a lot. Once again, I'm here for you. I want to hear how all of this is sitting with you. You can send me a message again on my Instagram at Katarina O. Erickson or check out my website at catalystliving.com. That's Catalyst with a K for more information. Otherwise, happy eating, happy moving, happy living your life in a way that satiates you, mind, body, spirit. Love you all and I'll see you next time.